And this is Family Life Today. Our host is best-selling author and conference speaker Dennis Rainey. I'm Bob Lapine. Stay with us as we talk about where the love may have gone on today's edition of Family Life Today. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the broadcast as we continue looking at romance on today's program and some of the things that rob our relationships of romance. Yeah, and you know, we feature a lot of books on this broadcast that are resources to our listeners. Right. And uh, they know they can trust us to deliver books that are going to help them in the everyday issues of life. Well, I'm going to recommend you not buy one today. <laughs> okay. Did you hear me? This is a book not to get, Not least. to get. <laughs> this was featured in USA Today. This is a true story, folks, by Dr. Bill Nagler. And he has written a book called The Dirty Half Dozen, Six Radical Rules to Make Relationships Last. Okay. All right. Listen, here's what he suggests, Dr. Nagler. Don't keep romance alive. You can't, so stop trying. <laughs> just, don't, just forget it, huh? Don't, don't fight fair. <laughs> just don't fight. Give in. Most things in your relationship aren't worth fighting over. <laughs> Third, don't talk about everything. Being totally honest usually makes matters worse. <laughs> oh, you'll love this next one. Don't always tell the truth. That requires total honesty and infinite tact. Both are impossible lie a little. This is not uh, a, a doctor writing from a biblical perspective, right? I don't think he's got a biblical basis. <laughs> no. L- listen to these last two. Don't let go of the money. Whoever controls it controls the relationship. Split it into two accounts. Pay the expenses from both equally. Oh, man. man that's going to build oneness, isn't yeah. it? And here's the last one. Don't worry about what you think is important. Worry about the little things. They're what can do you in. Oh. Man. The, the title of the article was, Keeping Sparks Alive Can Burn Out a Marriage. <laughs> and I want to say to that, baloney. Fooey, huh? That's exactly right. <laughs> You're not going to burn out a marriage when you experience biblical romance, because that's what God intended marriages to experience. Now, if folks missed yesterday's broadcast, you talked about the fact that romance is, in fact, a biblical theme, right? Yeah, listen to this quote by Dr. James Altheus. Uh, he gives us a healthy perspective on romance. One essential ingredient of a good marriage is romance. No, not adolescent infatuation but the steady delight and genuine sparkle of two people who enjoy and nurture each other. Without the emotional connection we call romance, a marriage lacks the zest and excitement that leads to satisfaction. Most couples, if all is well, experience this connection in a host of unsung and uneventful ways, as well as in the moments of intense passion, waves of tenderness, and candles and soft music. A marriage without such connection is a divorce waiting to happen. Hmm. That's why we want to feature this series on family life today as we move toward Valentine's Day. I really don't think the Christian community has paid enough attention toward fueling the fires of romance in a marriage relationship. We live out in the country, and um, we have a fire pit that we've dug, and we've had a ton of memories that we have made by that fire pit. We've got some logs that are kind of rotting now around that fire pit, and we sit out there and roast marshmallows and make s'mores and sing songs and, and tell stories in the dark, and we've enjoyed that fire pit. But when you're sitting around that fire pit, you've got to add fuel to it, and you've got to work on that fire to make sure that those around that fire pit are enjoying the warmth of the fire. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing is true in a marriage relationship. All couples were meant to bask in the warmth 
of romantic love in their relationship. Well, let me ask you the question that Diana Ross asks in her song, Baby, Baby, Where Did Our Love Go? Why is it that in a marriage relationship, the romance begins to fade? Well, I'd like to turn over to the book of Song of Solomon to answer that question because this book starts out incredibly passionate. We quoted this verse yesterday. May he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. But we go on over a couple of chapters in the book of Song of Solomon, and we find something interesting at the end of the second chapter. Verse 15, Catch the foxes for us the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards, while our vineyards are in blossom. The picture here was of a vineyard that was just coming out in the spring where the blossom was at its most delicate state. And what was happening was the little foxes were running down the rows in the vineyard, nipping the buds, the grapes, in advance of them being allowed to become fruitful. And uh, it was spoiling the fruit. And this is what the bride of uh, Solomon was talking about here. The little foxes were nipping away at her love for her spouse in advance of, of those buds of romance being allowed to bring forth fruit. You know, as you read that verse, I started thinking about the little foxes we have around our house and the little foxes that you probably have around <laughs> your house. Well, you know, as we think about the robbers of romance, we normally think of children. Uh-huh. But that's not where I'm going to start. Okay. I think the number one robber, the number one fox, is marriage. Now, wait a sec. I thought it was supposed to work the other way around. I thought marriage is supposed to improve our romance. How does it rob it? I think one of the greatest robbers of romance in a relationship is getting married. I love what uh, Benny Fields says. She's a comedian. She says, The glances over dinner that seem so sweet do not seem so amorous over shredded wheat. (laughs) (laughs) What happens, I think, is we stop courting, and as a result of stopping courting, we stop competing for our spouse. Uh, Barbara and I wrote in our book, Building Your Mate's Self-Esteem, that one of the things that keeps our marriage fresh and romantic is that we have found the art of continuing to compete for one another's love. Now, that may sound odd to uh, say you have to compete for your spouse, but I think we're doing that every day. Hmm. You're competing, yes, against children, yes, against work, against time pressures, against other competing demands that are coming at your relationship seeking to divide you. And I think it's the healthy marriage that has a healthy perspective of courtship and competition that says, yes, we're married, but the competition is not over. So you're saying that before the marriage takes place, before the knot is tied, there is that sense of competition that exists in a, uh, in a courting or a dating relationship. Afterwards, we kind of relax a little bit? After we get married, I think a lot of people believe we've arrived at the destination. Mm-hmm. But it's like a friend of mine said, a marriage license doesn't make a marriage. It only gives you the right to begin building a marriage. Hmm. I think a healthy sense of competition. Now, I'm not talking about an insecure type of competition where you feel like you're about to lose your spouse, but a proactive, offensive competition where you say, you know what? I'm going to make our marriage so interesting. I'm going to make this relationship so magnetic 
that why would my spouse want to look anywhere else? That is a healthy picture of competition that leads us to romance. And you may not be vying with a member of the opposite sex for attention. It may be that a husband is competing with the book that his wife is reading for her attention, or the wife may be competing with the football game the husband is watching for his attention. Yeah, and the issue is this. We've got to grapple over what we can do to win our spouse, uh, to begin to develop something as a couple that you can share together, some shared experience, some hobby, something that you do together that will enable you to have intimacy, to talk about things that are important, and uh, to begin to uh, uh, have some passion back in your marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. All right, so if I've been able to effectively use uh, the weapon of my attractiveness to slay that fox from the vineyard, (laughs) then uh, are there any other obstacles in my way? Well, there's another fox, and that fox is uh, referred to as the adversary Mm -hmm. in the Bible, the Mm -hmm. lion. And it's not a little fox. He's a big adversary, and uh, we're talking, of course, of the devil. In Genesis chapter 3, we find the perfect marriage attacked and under attack by the serpent. He was seeking to divide and destroy a marriage relationship. And I don't know why we would think it would be any different today that the enemy would not be seeking to divide and destroy marriages. Now, the problem in in a Christian marriage is we forget who the enemy really is. The enemy is not your spouse. Now, I want to give you the proof of that from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is a passage of Scripture commanding us as believers to take up the full armor of God. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to, first of all, be mindful of who our enemy is. Your spouse is not your enemy. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now, there are times when you're going to feel like your spouse is your enemy. But at that point, the enemy has deceived you into thinking that your real battle is against the person you're married to, Hmm. when indeed your real battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the spiritual forces of wickedness and evil. It's against the devil of hell who wants to divide and destroy Christian marriages. Dennis, we've got a lot of listeners who uh, hear what you're saying about their mate not being the enemy, but they're thinking, but that's who I live with. That's the one who's not responding to me romantically, or that's the one who called from the office when I had big plans for a romantic evening and said, I got to work late. Or that's the one who went to bed at nine o'clock before I ever knew she was in bed fast asleep. And I had my ideas for a romantic evening. Uh, that other person sure feels like they're the enemy. Well, I think the enemy's strategy, and uh, it's interesting, over in Ephesians chapter 6, the verse that precedes uh, verse 12, talking about uh, our struggle not being against flesh and blood, commands us to stand firm so that we can resist the schemes of the enemy. What are those schemes? Well, I think, first of all, what he's trying to do is get our eyes focused on our spouse, thinking that it's his fault or her fault. Now, certainly there'll be those times when they disappoint us, 
and we've got to talk about that as a couple. But what you can't do is think it's their fault, fester on it, and become embittered towards your spouse and become angry and then take it out on them the next day over a totally unrelated matter. Mm -hmm. I think a second thing the enemy wants to do in his scheme is to get us focused on our own needs and what we want. I don't think when I got married, I uh, fully anticipated how much self-denial was a part of Christian marriage. Now, I realize self-denial was a part of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Everybody's read the passage in the New Testament. No one who wants to be Christ's disciple can be so without picking up his cross and following daily after him. But whoever told me that self-denial would be a part of my marital commitment And I think the thing that goes down hard in Christian marriages today and that a lot of Christians really are pushing back from and are really being deceived by the schemes of the enemy is that we get focused on our own needs and seeing how our mate has not met those needs. And uh, we throw a pity party and we're angry and we become resentful and we hold that against our spouse. And I'm telling you, if you don't work that through, it will come out on that relationship because you will take it out against your spouse. You know, as Marianne and I have uh, heard you talk about this principle, we've put it into practice in our marriage by turning to one another from time to time in the midst of whatever conflict may occur and saying, honey, you are not my enemy. Hmm. And she'll say back to me, and you're not my enemy either. <laughs> <laughs> I know a couple in Denver, Colorado, who wrote that on a 3 by 5 card and put it on the refrigerator. Uh, just to remind them in the heat of the battle, just like you've done, that your real struggle, your real battle is not against flesh and blood. Your spouse is not your enemy. Well, you've talked about how marriage can rob a relationship of romance. You've talked about how the enemy works to rob relationships of romance. What's next? Well, the third fox is guilt. And it can be guilt from um, a past sin of how we failed premaritally, or it can be a sin that we have committed while we have been married. Christianity Today, back in December of 1992, ran a poll of its readers. Uh, Some 1,500 responded, and 14% of the readers admitted to an extramarital affair. Hmm. Now, that's, that's a Christian readership. If you're in that relationship and, and you've had an affair, Romance is going to be very difficult for you to fully give yourself to in that marriage relationship with your spouse. Comparison, thinking back uh, to the experience, to the illicit nature of that. There is no way in a marriage relationship under the, under the gun of reality and the, the press of kids and bills and time demands that a spouse can compete with a phantom. Mm-hmm. That illicit relationship will gnaw away at the commitment and the romance of that relationship. I have looked men in the eyes who have admitted to to affairs, and um, I've had some very difficult conversations with men, and I've had to say to them, you must tell your spouse. You have got to get a counselor involved. But you've got to work this thing through because if you cannot be totally honest with your spouse in this situation, then that little fox of deceit and the guilt that will eat away at you, I predict will cause great problems as you move on to the twilight years of your marriage, if not sooner. Hmm. There's a second aspect of guilt, though, and and that's for past sin. And um, 
it was interesting in that same survey Christianity Today ran that 40% of the couples surveyed admitted to premarital sexual relationships. And you know, we've had Dan Allender on the broadcast here, Bob, and he speaks about how getting involved outside the marriage relationship prior to marriage can be sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. It's not what God intended, and we're scarred as a result of that. And a lot of couples who are coming into Christian marriage today have experiences that they wish they had never had. And that guilt, if you don't work it through and you don't get forgiveness before God and before men, will also become a fox that will destroy the romance in its bud. And um, you may need a counselor at this point to help you work through the damage that is done from allowing someone outside the marriage relationship take your innocence away. That guilt can produce a paralysis of emotions and sexual response that can really hinder a couple from experiencing what God intended in the marriage relationship. Hmm. Well, Dennis, you've talked in the past about couples who uh, may not be involved in some kind of an extramarital or premarital relationship, but who become emotionally involved with someone, and it would seem that that could produce guilt in the marriage relationship. Well, it really can. You're talking about the catalytic reaction that occurs uh, with a member of the opposite sex while we're married. You're talking about an emotional affair, and it can be an affair of the heart where you just begin to wonder or you just begin to think, what if? And um, if you as a listener are being attracted to someone at church, uh, someone at work, could I encourage you to take that matter to your spouse? Talk about that. And uh, if you feel like you can't talk about it with your spouse, then share it with someone of a friendship of the same sex. But bring it out in the open. Don't allow that reaction to begin to move to a full-blown emotional affair that results in a sexual affair. Mm. Um, those types of situations can, I think, really prevent us from giving ourselves wholeheartedly to our spouse, because in those affairs, we are comparing our spouse, usually unfavorably, with the person we're attracted to. We can't help but do that. Many times when somebody becomes involved in either an emotional affair or a physical affair, the other spouse becomes aware of it because of the uh, pulling back, the lack of romance, what used to be there, uh, starts to evaporate. Well, you're talking about someone who, who experiences romance outside of that marriage, and um, that is, I've said it before, it's impossible for the spouse to compete in that situation because you're competing romantically with a fantasy, with something that isn't real. That relationship with uh, the opposite sex outside the marriage relationship doesn't take place under the demands that a marriage relationship must occur under. Hmm. And that's where romance must be cultivated. We've got to have a commitment at home in our marriage to make romance a priority on an everyday basis. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that idea, uh, that daily commitment to uh, romance and marriage uh, that really uh, prompted us to put together something for couples that I think is, is one of the greatest tools any marriage could have. It is a collection called Simply Romantic. And what we've included with this collection 
is a series of uh, cards, one for each month of the year, and they're 12 for husbands and 12 for wives. And on each card, there are romantic activities, ideas, suggestions, things you can do for your husband or for your wife that will communicate that you are romantically interested in your mate. In addition to those cards, we've included a cassette tape that has both romantic music on it as well as some outstanding romantic ideas from experts all across the country. We've included a romance questionnaire that a husband and wife can fill out with one another and can interact over, talking about how uh, one person views romance compared to how another person views romance. Uh, There's also a booklet by Dennis that talks about why romance must be a vital part of every marriage relationship. Now, let me take a quick survey here, Dennis. I want to find out from our listeners, and I'd like to see a show of hands on this, how many of you listening to the broadcast today could relate to some of the romance robbers that Dennis talked about on the program? <laughs> yeah, look at look at all the hands. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> how many of you would like to have a more romantic marriage in 1995 than you had in 1994? Well, that looks almost unanimous. If you're interested in that, uh, call us today and say, send me a copy of the collection that you call Simply Romantic. We believe strongly that this collection will make a difference in couples' marriages and will uh, reignite the spark of romance that may have grown cold. And frankly, in marriage, you know one of the things we really miss is we stop having fun together. And I think when you stop having fun together as a couple... Uh, you begin to lose the intrigue and the romance that can follow those fun times. A collection of ideas like uh, we've put together here at Family Life, Simply Romantic, is a, is a collection that will really help you, I think, uh, add some fun back into your marriage relationship. If you're interested, call us or write us here at Family Life today. The cost for the Simply Romantic collection is $19.95 plus $3 shipping and handling, and it comes with a money-back guarantee. In addition, you may be interested in getting this entire series on creating a more romantic marriage on audio cassette tape. We have all 13 broadcasts available on six audio cassettes. And if you'd like to get the cassette tape album, call us or write us here at Family Life. The cost is $30 plus $5 for shipping and handling. Now, let me mention just a couple of other resources. Last week, uh, we talked on the broadcast about our Family Life Marriage Conference. If you're interested in building a hedge around your marriage and keeping the foxes out of the vineyard, then you ought to be a part of one of our Family Life Marriage Conference weekends to remember. We have more than 40 of them scheduled across the country this spring. And last week, we offered couples a $30 discount on registration for one of these conferences. Well, our phones were so jammed with calls that we decided we needed to extend the offer one additional week. This is the last week that we can make this offer available to listeners, but if you tried to call last week and weren't able to get through, you can call us this week and still save $30 on registration for one of the upcoming spring Family Life Marriage Conferences. Our toll-free number is 1-800-FL-TODAY. It's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. Don't put it off. Call us today and register for a Family Life Marriage Conference. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you'd like to write us, our address is Family Life Today, Box 8220, Little Rock, Arkansas, and the zip code is 72221. Once again, it's Family Life Today, Box 8220, Little Rock, Arkansas, and our zip code is 72221. 
When you call or write, please remember Family Life Today is a listener-supported broadcast. That means that we couldn't be here every day if you weren't there every day helping us with faithful financial giving. And we appreciate those of you who are uh, financial partners with us here in this ministry. Well, Dennis, you got to uh, three or four of the foxes in the vineyard today. You didn't even get to children, and that's the one that I started with. (laughs) Well, there are more foxes. There are? There are plenty of foxes, and Barbara and I have experienced most of these foxes. All right, and we'll talk about them tomorrow? We will. That's a promise. (laughs) We'll invite our listeners to join us back for that. Our engineers, Mark Whitlock, our host, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of Family Life Today. And I promise you, I'll tell you what to do with kids and teenagers tomorrow. All right, I'm getting my pencil out and getting it ready. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas, a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ. You look like you could use a little romance right now anyway.